Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Tuckheads Tuesday presented by DraftKings. Your boy, once again, working on about three and a half hours sleep after I just landed Two hours ago on the red eye from Los Angeles. Yes, I was on the sideline for the Rams and the Cardinals last night. But I bring it every day for you guys because that's what I do. We are presented by DraftKings. We will have new spread the word winner, sponsor confirmation email winner, and YouTube shout out winners later in the week. I will get into last night's game, which was kind of a bummer. You know, I, I think you know me by now. I like competitive games. That was not competitive, although I want to tell you about the stadium, the press box food. There's a lot to get into from that game last night. We'll get into that momentarily, but I wanted to bring on a really unique guest today. Uh, His name's Jimmy Stewart. He's a former NFL defensive back, and now he's the senior coordinator of counseling services for student-athletes at Colorado State University. But I thought it was really unique to get a guy who played in the NFL who can comment on mental health in general and Antonio Brown in particular because I found myself having a bunch of questions regarding whether it's a mental health issue or not, how we should discuss it, how we should frame it. So you guys know me. If I I don't feel comfortable with something, I don't feel like I have enough knowledge, I bring on an expert so that I feel comfortable moving forward. It's big show time. Show. Jimmy, really appreciate the time. So glad to get you on the show and to be able to talk about this. I, I guess first, before we dive into what you're doing now and anything related to Antonio Brown, specifically or, or mental health in general, um, I'm hoping you could give the listeners your background a little bit, you know, where you played in college and your NFL career and how you got to be where you're at at Colorado State now. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, I'd love to. Well, I grew up in St. Louis and uh, ended up uh, had a childhood there and uh, ended up getting uh, a scholarship to Tulsa University and ended up playing college football at Tulsa University and uh, uh, played with the likes of Lovey Smith and Steve Largent. And uh, so I played with a Hall of Famer. That's one of my claims to fame. 
and uh, uh, I ended up getting uh, was good enough. Uh, had some uh, had some All American honors, so I was good enough to get drafted. Uh, I don't know how good I was. I, I I got drafted in a round they no longer have called the eighth <laughs> round. So I don't know how good I was, but anyway, by hook or crook through injured reserve and playing a couple of years, I uh, I uh, I went to five training camps and gathered four years in the NFL. So I get an NFL retirement check every every uh, month. So th- there's something to that, Ross. I know you you will know about that. Um, but anyway, I I came down and I got drafted, played New Orleans, and ended up uh, uh, staying in the NFL uh, for five training camps. And when I got out, I was pretty much lost, and um, uh, I I ended up going. I had to go back and get my degree, and I ended up uh, uh, getting a marketing degree. And then I went back and got my master's in education counseling, and then uh, did what I needed to do: become state licensed as a licensed professional counselor. And so uh, I've been uh, I've been a licensed professional counselor now for about thirty years. I worked in the military as a military family life consultant for about seven or eight years where I was embedded in brigades and platoons. Uh, and then I came to Colorado State eight years ago and uh, I created this embedded counseling program within the, uh, the athletic department where we, where we were able to normalize the mental health issues of college uh, athletes. And uh, I'm very proud uh, to say that of all the people that I know, I think I'm one of two men uh, who have gone back to, to become uh, uh, state licensed as mental health professionals. It's not, it's not something us football players go towards very much, I don't think. Well, that, that is uh, awesome and makes you the perfect person to talk about something that kind of been bugging me a little bit. Um, I've had, you know, I got a few questions that I just feel like I want more information so that I'm not being insensitive when I'm talking about it. So, I guess the first thing was, let's specifically talk about Antonio Brown. And when he left the field against uh, the Jets, you know, everybody was saying, oh, this guy, look at him. What is he doing? You know, whatever the, the thing, this guy, what an idiot, or he's a prima donna or a diva or whatever they were calling him, right? That was not my initial instinct. My initial instinct was, boy, this is a guy that's really got really got some issues he, he's really got some issues um I, how do you dis, how do you know which one's which how do you know if it's a, if someone that has legitimate mental health concerns mental health issues versus a guy that just wants to do what he wants when he wants to do it well i think ross one of the reasons that i reached out to you is i i, I had a sense of your sensitivity and your compassion for people and the way you handle yourself and you know, I had the same response. When I saw him do what he did, I I looked at a man that was hurting and in enormous pain who doesn't know how to say I'm in pain, doesn't know how to be vulnerable. I, uh, I'll, I'll make an analogy. If you have, I don't know if you have children, but if you had a little boy or a little girl that was acting out and doing all kinds of acting out behaviors like that, you know, your job as a parent is to go, what's going on with you? What's going on inside of you? I noticed that you're, you, you, you need, seem to be telling me something. I don't know. Uh, I don't think you have to be a mental health expert to say, wow, Antonio Brown is asking for help. Um, if you saw a homeless man take off his shirt 
and draw attention to himself in a different scenario, my first instinct would be to say, wow, what a wounded, uh, this, this guy has some, some unrecognized pain that needs to be dealt with. And as my professional opinion, those responses by Antonio Brown are all traumatic responses. And so my question always is this, what happened to him? You know, whenever anything happens in society, we start going to diagnosis, start trying to, you know, punish people, trying to go after him. And I go, you know, I, I go, what happened to him? It's a really good point, Jimmy. Really interesting, um, man. So I, I take notes a lot of times when I'm doing the show because I want to have social media clips for later that are impactful. And I already have a couple from you. Um, I guess, see, to me, Antonio Brown seems pretty obvious. I guess I'm looking for, is there a barometer or a way for us to know in life whether it qualifies as being a mental health issue and we should be more sensitive to it versus a guy that's more or less just a jerk? You know, I mean, I, I don't know how else to describe it. I'm not calling Antonio that, but I'm saying there are guys, professional athletes, I play with some of them, that they're just selfish jerks. Um, to me, Antonio Brown's done so many illogical or rational things that I thought it was mental health for him a while ago. I guess the question is, how do we know which one's which? I talk about, you know, I got this podcast every day. How do I know whether or not to say so-and-so's being a, a jerk versus so-and-so really has some mental health issues he needs to deal with? Well, it's a, it's a tough question, and the truth is we just don't know. So, for instance, I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself, and it's, uh, it's pretty dramatic stuff. I grew up in an alcoholic family. My father had killed his father in a fistfight before, before I was even born, and uh, he didn't go to jail, but, but that's what happened. My dad, uh, there's a lot of domestic violence. Cops were at my house all the time. Um, and so uh, uh, he ended up committing suicide later on in life. Uh, when I went to Tulsa University, do you think anybody knew about that stuff? There was no way I was telling any. I used to tell people my dad was an attorney. I would lie. That's how I shamed of where I came from. It was nobody knew about that. But yet I would do these acting out behaviors before I was able to get help. And nobody knew whether I was a jerk or what was going on. What we do know is that behavior was saying something. My behavior or anybody else's behavior always has a reason. There's always a reason behind behavior. There's, there's no such thing, I hate to say this, but just a selfish jerk. Now, it may look like that, but all behavior is, is, is adaptive in some way because we don't do anything as human beings except if it creates safety for us. Even if that, maladaptive, even if that behavior looks maladaptive, and it has negative consequences, nobody does anything except something that will keep them safe. So I guess the question then is, with Antonio Brown or someone like him, how should I talk about it? You know, I, you know, I, I, okay, it's a mental health issue. So for any guy that might be in this situation, what's the proper way to discuss it? Just to say... He's a he's a man that 
clearly needs help, and I hope he gets some. You know, you almost feel like um, there are certain situations where I'm not sure whether or not it's a mental health issue, and I feel like you're almost trivializing mental health issues if you say it is when it's not. Does that make sense? Like, where it might not be that big a deal, um, but I say, gosh, he, he might need help. And I'm not saying it sarcastically, but some people might think I am. Well, I think that's the problem with mental using the term mental health. You know, we all have the, we all have the ability to become dysregulated given the different kinds of stress and stressors in our life and depending on what happened to us in our life. So, you know, trauma is a very, very difficult thing to explain to people because a lot of times it's subjective. And it's also uh, interesting because if you didn't go through something as a child, say you had a very relational, wealthy family that cared for you, it's really hard to understand when people act out their pain. And so, for instance, you know, what I do know about Antonio Brown is this. Somewhere he was traumatized. And a lot of times we use that word and we think of these big dramatic events. But for a child, trauma is neglect, rejection, abandonment. And, and, and I know this. I know Antonio Brown had some of that trauma in his life. And, and it doesn't really take a, a professional license to know that. People don't go and act and behave that way, uh, you know, uh, if, if things didn't happen to them. And all behavior is based on something inside of somebody that makes them want to feel like they have to do something if they can't talk about their pain. So uh, two more off of that for sure. He took a really big hit from Vontez Perfect. I don't know, five years ago, maybe seven years ago at this point. One of the worst hits I've ever seen, a helmet-to-helmet hit. There are people that believe that that is the trauma that he suffered and that that, you know, he's got CTE or whatever and that that's what changed his behavior. I personally reject that just because – there's a lot of football players that get really big hits and concussions, but don't start to act that way. Um, is there a case or have you seen instances or are you aware of instances where that type of football collision could be the trigger? Or do you, like me, consider that unlikely? Well, I'm with you, Ross. I reject that because I have not seen in my life or my practice where there's one event physically or one one traumatic event that um, that flips the switch, so to speak. And, you know, one of the things the other thing is, is like I looked up Antonio Brown's history. And so this stuff has been following him forever. If you Wikipedia him, you would see that there's all kinds of issues around you know, um, you know, being on time, uh, sort of creating uh, excitement and adrenaline situations that create all kinds of stress in their life. Uh, Antonio's Antonio's got six children by three three women, and and so a lot of times when when we haven't had the proper upbringing, 
uh, to, to help us feel connected and, and regulated in the proper ways. We often create all kinds of havoc and stress because chaos and stress from my childhood was how I grew up. So I created a lot of adrenaline situations that made it real, feel real home-like to me, familiar. Now, that doesn't make sense to somebody who, who doesn't want that stuff in their life. But for me and people like Antonio Brown and people that have been traumatized, that feels like very normal stuff. So we keep recreating these things. And in a way, it's the way it, it feels like we're going to heal from these situations if we can create these situations. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but but you see it over and over and over again. Yeah. Last question, I think. Um Andrew Brandt was on the show last week or maybe two weeks ago, former Packers executive. He's on every week usually or every other week. And he commented that he knows multiple people that tried to get Antonio Brown help and Antonio fired them. Yes. So I think maybe Andrew made a comment like he's got a – allow himself to be helped. You know, he's got to help himself. And I saw somebody replied and they said something like, well, you don't know how it works then. Like you don't, you don't, you don't get it then. So I guess that's the question. The last question, I don't know if that's a two-parter Jimmy or what, but it's like, um, does he need to be willing to help himself? And if he's not, what are sort of the options or what, how do we term that? Well, I think those are great questions. I think, uh, for one, you know, help isn't for people who need it. It's for people who want it. And sometimes it takes a long time and a lot of bottoms for people to want help. And that, does, you know, people, I'm not suggesting these things so that we have pity on him. I'm suggesting these things so we can name them rightly and have compassion for the pain he's in, even if he's not ready to be helped. It doesn't mean we don't set boundaries for people. In fact, it mean, it, it actually means we do set boundaries, very strong boundaries with people like this, because boundaries tell people that they're cared about. It's the problem with the NFL. It's not a rehab center and it's not a mental health institution. So a lot of the things that he needs is not going to be coming from a coach or a team or other people. And, uh, you know, for him to get vulnerable, he's probably going to have to reach a point where he hits a bottom. I know in my life, I got, I've gotten lots of help from, from because of the trauma that I endured as a child. And I, and it was, and it took years of that, but it took some events in my life so that I became willing. And, and, and sometimes people do, and sometimes they don't. And if they don't, it's sad and it's, and it's horrible, but you can't force that. You can't control that. Jimmy, uh, this was awesome. This is exactly what I was looking for. So glad you reached out. Um, perfect timing. I, I, I don't like to not be knowledgeable about a subject that's sensitive. And I know I'm not going to be an expert on it, but I don't want to say the wrong thing either. And I do want to understand, because I met Antonio Brown at the Rookie Symposium when he was a six-round pick from Central Michigan, and he seemed like a great kid to me at the time. And it's kind of, you know, for me, not that I'm, I know him well or anything like that, but it's it's a sad thing. And um, I thought that was really interesting. Help is for people 
that won it, not need it. Hopefully he wants it soon. Uh, Jimmy, I, I wanted some help with this topic, and you were excellent as as I thought and hoped you would be. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for letting me speak about something that's near and dear to my heart. Thank you, Ross. And Absolutely. keep up the good work. Appreciate it. Bye now. There he is, Jimmy Stewart. Wow. That was uh, – I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was obviously different. You know, sometimes you get a guest on that has a big name or a big social media following because, you know, maybe some of his followers will come listen to the show and you'll get more people to listen. I just thought that that had the potential to be really interesting, unique content, and I think it was. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I know I enjoy uh, totally different topic, but I enjoy being able to keep my hair. And I take medicine for it. It's keeps. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. We watch our wedding video. I was 26. And I didn't even know it at the time. But looking at the video, I can see that I was starting to lose it. There's only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. I take both. I couldn't more highly recommend it. And my number one piece of advice to you guys, when in doubt, do it. If you're not sure whether or not you should do it, you should. If you're not sure when in whether or not it's too early, it's not, you should. I don't believe there's a such thing as it being too early. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Ross to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Ross to get your first month free keeps.com slash Ross Ducks takes. Hey Ross, good morning. Uh, let's start with the game last night. Cardinals and the Rams, your biggest takeaways from SoFi stadium, the food, and of course the game itself. Well, and I'm showing them right here. I've got my press pass and I've got my sideline pass, which is pretty cool. So, Especially if you're a Rams fan, I would think that that would be something that you'd be pretty interested in. So, SoFi Stadium is just remarkable. Um, Allegiant and SoFi, you know, you can tell they're like brand new. It's just crazy how different they are, you know, in the interior and the amenities and everything compared to some of the older stadiums. I did think it was interesting, you know, three or four hours before the game, Bri, outside, you almost wouldn't even have known there was a game there. It's just kind of a different different vibe, different environment for sure. Um, but it's so nice. Everything is just like touchscreen and almost like futuristic. Very, very cool. That's number one. Number two, the press box food was outstanding. As always, you can check it out on my social media. I think it's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ross Tucker NFL, but they had egg rolls. They had sweet gotcha jang chicken skewers. I'm sure I'm not saying that right, but they were absolutely delicious, Brian. I, I had two full skewers. They were like big chunks of delicious chicken. I had some um, Korean short ribs. The What's the, ch the, the rice called? Like kimchuri or something rice? I don't know. Um, look it up. It's on the menu. And then, of course, like you said, 
They've got that side candy. So I had a Hershey bar with almonds and I had peanut butter cups later. They've got water with, you can get the water with like the, the mint and strawberry in it or the water with the apples in it. I mean, it's uh, it was, it's an A. It, it's pretty, pretty impressive and awesome. So thoroughly enjoyed that. Enjoyed that more than the game. Uh, game was very disappointing. I really thought the Cardinals would be competitive. They were not. It adds to yesterday's theme of now four of the six wild card weekend games were not competitive at all. Not competitive even a little bit, which really stinks. It's a bummer. You know, we 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 like competitive games and <clears throat> they simply were not. The car, you know, first of all, the Rams just won the battle up front on both sides of the ball. I mean, they were able to run the ball much more effectively than the Cardinals. That was pretty clear from the start. The Rams had a lot more room to to throw when Stafford dropped back. It seemed like guys were open. Everything seemed hard for the Cardinals. I mean, Kyler Murray played about as bad as a quarterback can play. He had probably the worst pick six in playoff history. He was trying to avoid a safety, didn't feel a guy coming, and just kind of chucked it up. Odell Beckham Jr. made big plays in the first half for the Rams. Cooper Cup made some in the second. I mean, the Rams have a lot of ability, a, a lot of ability. Uh, J.J. Watt coming back was remarkable. I thought Cam Akers and what he did was remarkable as well. As the Rams move on to take on the Bucks next Sunday at 3, I'll actually be in Tampa in the booth for that game. Uh, hopefully it's a lot more competitive. I think it should be, but you should never know. I thought a bunch of these other games would be competitive too. Ducks takes. Now the big news from yesterday, uh, the Raiders firing Mike Mayock as their general manager. Yeah, not sure I totally understand that one. Um, the real issue with a guy like Mike Mayock as GM is twofold. Number one, John Gruden had all the power in the Raiders organization. John Gruden's the one who brought Mike Mayock in. So I think with Gruden being gone, I think Mark Davis or whoever it is that is helping him or he consults with, or I don't know if it's the team president or whatever, I think that they probably looked at Mayock as Gruden's guy and they wanted to move on from Mayock. They wanted to uh, get somebody different that wasn't Gruden's guy. You become pegged or slotted with somebody else. And I think that's, that's how they start to look at you as, oh, he's that guy's guy. So that's negative number one. Negative number two is, you know, we'll never really know which picks were Mayox and which were Gruden's, right? I mean, Gruden had the $100 million contract. Gruden's the one that hired Mayock. So I don't know what their contracts say, but it would lead you to believe that Gruden's the one that had final say. So did Mayock want Henry Ruggs or did Gruden? Did Mayock want Cleveland Farrell or did Gruden? You know, because they had a lot of later on picks Nate Hobbs, Crosby, guys like that, that they really hit on. So that's the unfortunate thing is you really don't know who's sort of um, 
responsible for who to really appropriately evaluate them. So then what you have to do is you almost have to say, you almost have to say everything was theirs or everything or none of it was theirs. It's really hard to cherry pick, even though that might actually be the case. The case for some of you guys is you don't take care of the interior of your car. It's as important as your exterior. That's where you spend most of your time. Look, there's cosmetic stuff you can do for sure, but there's no reason, any Uber drivers out there or Lyft, there's no reason for your car to smell like a locker room. None. I know for me, it makes a big difference when you're in a car and it smells nice, clean, says something about the person. And says, yeah, says something about you, even if it's just you're in the car by yourself. If you need an interior upgrade fast, AutoZone has more ways for you to get it, however you want it, like free next-day delivery or free same-day store pickup. The choice is yours. Make AutoZone your one-stop car interior shop. They carry the best products from the best brands at the right price. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Ducks takes. One more bit of news, this time on the injury front where the Bengals have lost defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi for the rest of the postseason with an injury that he suffered against the Raiders last weekend. It's a big loss. Ogunjobi has played very, very well. Um, It's a big, major loss. And it's one of the reasons why getting the bye is even more important. Because Ogunjobi... And Hendrickson both got beat up for the Bengals. And now they got to face the number one seed Titans who are fresh and healthy. Meanwhile, Fred Warner and Nick Bosa got beat up and banged up for the Niners. They got to face the number one seed Green Bay Packers. They're fresh and healthy. That number one seed, man, it, it really is vitally important. Just like you guys are vitally important to us. You guys that are incredible when it comes to being patrons. In particular, I think we're done here members like Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, and SteakhouseSports.com. College Draft Podcast is already posted, and we went into detail on our scouting lessons from the wildcard round. I think you'll really enjoy it. If you're not into college football at all, it's – basically an NFL podcast debating what what lessons we can take for college scouting from the wildcard round. And then the Even Money podcast we'll record a little bit later this morning, get you guys ready for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 